the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am, for the record, the host of this radio show. My name is Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> and I have invested many man minutes preparing for this episode. So why don't we just, you know, get this thing started? I mean, yeah, I could do an opening monologue, make a witty statement or two, but sometimes in life you have to make choices. And in this case, the decision has been made to bypass chit-chat and begin now with me introducing our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Go ahead and give us a decent chuckle. Whoops. Uh, I was thinking you might ask for a guffaw, so um, yeah. give me a moment to readjust. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. Pretty decent, right? Yeah, well, you know, it, it was, you know, it was, it was okay. So thank you for your efforts. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it was okay. Uh, and now I'm oh, forced boy. to acknowledge our show's temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. I say forced, as at our last Zoom staff meeting, you cried like a little baby uh, about not getting enough airtime. So I will grant you 14 seconds to adequately express yourself. Okay? On your mark, get set, go. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, 14 seconds is actually a bit more than I've been granted in the past for the opening of the show. So uh, thank you. Um, Now. What I would like to say is how much... Okay, we appreciate your commentary, but, but we need to move on now and, and to, you know, to stay on schedule time-wise. It's well, one of my top duties as a host. Uh, maybe someday you will learn yourself the heavy burdens all hosts have to endure. You know, Not by having your own show is like, that. that's never going to happen, but you never know. I might call in sick someday and you might get your moment to experience you know, what it feels like to walk a day in my shoes being the host and, and dealing with timing issues. Um, I think it'd be actually... And I said a day, as there's no way I would miss more than one day. As we have discussed previously, what happened, you know, when, when Wally Pipp, you know, had a headache and, and took a day off with the Yankees, and then Lou Gehrig swiped his job at first base and uh, I guess stayed there for what was it, like 2,130 straight games. Uh, you know, I would never let anyone sit in my chair for more than one show, no matter how bad I was feeling. Well, yeah, but but only 14 seconds. Jeez, oh, you, you know, if I had my stopwatch with me, I would have made better use of those 14 darn seconds in well, the future. I'm going to keep it handy at all times. Mm, 
Oh, that is terrific. Well, I think 14 seconds was more than generous, Gerald. Well, but hey, let, let me now introduce our show's intern chance before he throws a, a fit and texts our executive producer about how he's being disrespected again. Uh, chance, y- you know no one likes snitches, right? Expressing my point of view to management is not snitching, Spud. As the most popular person on this show, I just feel I am due a certain level of respect. The show's listeners really? have spoken. They love me and want to hear what I have to say. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Well, I'm gonna continue to describe that listener response survey. You know, hey, it was it was filled with, with fraud and many irregularities, so that nullifies the results, in my opinion. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. And also be aware that even if it was true, you need to know that popularity... It's fleeting, man, and temporary, like a snowflake on a hot frying pan. It sucks to be less popular than an intern, doesn't it? I know if I was you, I would feel horrible about myself. You know, when I look in the mirror... Oh, Chance, honey, why don't we move on to another topic? Uh, Yes, let's do that, Aunt Dorothy. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chance, you know, I was checking your Facebook and Instagram pages the other day. I learned something pretty interesting. You seem to post a lot of stuff about shapeshifters. You know, I've heard of them, but I'm not quite sure what they are exactly. Are you cyber-stalking me, Spud? And then we fell in love. Shapeshifters? Chance, I hope you're not one of those occult members. You know, the devil has many faces, but please, if you are under his spell, there are a number of ways to fight I myself have led many conversion therapy classes for the possessed at our church. Uh, You know, we can be of assistance if you want help. Uh, You know, at the Catholic school, you know, I had to go to for a few years, uh, we called it an exorcism. But either way, it's a scam. Uh, No need for an exorcism with me. I know shapeshifters are real and have nothing to do with the stupid devil or the occult. Shut up. Uh, sweetie, I thought we agreed to not discuss this topic around other people. You're entitled to your opinion about these shapeshifters, but to most people, well, they might mistakenly feel you were psychotic or maybe delusional. Yeah. That does not concern me, Dorothy. In time, everyone will come to realize these shapeshifters have been all around us for centuries. They're everywhere. Chance, would you be willing to be counseled after the show? Uh, Maybe we can pray away those evil entities within you. Courtney? Chloe? Uh, no. Uh, So, Chance, what makes you feel so strongly these things are, are, as you say, all around us? Well... I first noticed them when I was really young, in elementary school, actually. The kid who sat in front of me in fourth grade suddenly became pretty much a grown man in front of my eyes. Actually, it happened over the summer. On the last day of fourth grade, he was this little skinny kid who looked more like a second grader, but he came back from summer vacation and suddenly looked like a grown man, like with sideburns and almost a full Fu Manchu. It was really freaky. Like, his body was taken over by some strange old dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, honey, I, I think they call that puberty. No, Dorothy. I went through puberty. What happened to Kevin was definitely not puberty. His body just became someone else. In his case, it wasn't a wolf or a horse. He just became like an old man. Well, hold that thought. Uh, you know, this might be interesting, I gotta say. Uh, Spud, your first guest, Carrie Carnation, is waiting to speak with you. Now, I'll be honest, I've never heard of Terry Carnation. Is he a sports star or a musician? No, I wasn't going to tell you guys as, as I didn't want to break the wall, so to speak, but this is actually Rain Wilson. You know, he, he's a local guy from Seattle. I don't know if any, you know, he made it really, really big. Uh, you know, he, everybody knows him as Dwight from The Office and in a ton of other roles. I mean, he's, he's in all sorts of stuff. He's a very talented man. Uh, okay, once again. Okay, there's that Dwight character I continue to hear about at my other place of employment, uh, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. And I'm getting quite tired of being called Dwight. Well, Gerald, you could be called many other names that would be a lot meaner. Consider yourself lucky. Well, if this is really Rain Wilson, why is he going by the name Terry Carnation? It's kind of complicated. Uh, I think Rain is one of those method actors, you know? Uh, they become the character they're playing at the moment. You know, some do it like 24-7 while working on a project. I'm guessing it's, it's pretty grueling. But in this case, Rain has a new podcast. It's it's called Dark Air. He, he plays a controversial radio talk show host named Terry Carnation, of course. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm a big fan of his, but two can play this game. I also can go all methody, too. Just put him through. Put who through? Terry or Rain? Gerald, put both of them through. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Here he, oh, Here they are. Please welcome a radio talk show host most are very familiar with, uh, a man who's not afraid to go there. Uh, yeah, Tim, uh, from Dark Air, which, by the way, is now finally available as a podcast, so people can now subscribe. Here he is, Terry Carnation. Dude, I didn't think you'd do the show, as, as we're kind of like nowhere. We really appreciate this. The Spud Goodman Show. I wouldn't miss it. I'm your biggest fan, Spud. Well, thank you so much. Uh, well, well, Terry, there's one area that we both have in common. You're, you're not universally loved by all. You, you must receive a ton of hate mail, too, as, as you touch on a number of topics that, that seem to rile people up. Like, let me ask you this. Did, didn't you once say Meryl Streep was actually a many centuries old stepdaughter of Medusa? It's kind of unfair to the others in SAG as she's going to keep winning those awards for eternity. I read that, you you know, that people were pretty torqued off. Is how, How'd you handle that? Well, Spud, yes, I've said some incendiary things in the past, yes. uh, including what you mentioned about Meryl Streep uh, being one of the ancient ones. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only way to explain her incessant and constant Oscar wins. Yes. Um, yes, but I'm willing to go there. You know, I'm, I lift the veil on the illusory nature of this physical reality that we all inhabit, or seemingly inhabit, mm -hmm. and... I explore all things supernatural, paranormal, extraterrestrial, spectral, Ew. and um, huh. that definitely raises some hankles on some disbelievers. Yeah, evidently. Uh, Spud. What? Well, is Rain, or I mean, uh, Terry, referring to what? Dem 
demonic powers? Is, well, is he another one of those Hollywood devil worshippers? I mean, first Tom Hanks, now um, Terry or or Rain or whoever he is. My gosh, you know, may God have mercy on his soul. Hey, hey, Terry, I, I need a moment here. No, I mean, I bet there are more devil worshippers at your other place of employment. You know, that, that carpet place you work at. This, this is show business, dude. Don't, don't take it so seriously. Yeah, well, there's, there's only one employee at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. That might possibly be under the spell of Satan. The rest of them are solid members of the community. Uh, could I ask Terry or, or Rain if he is now or ever has been a cannibal? No, you can't. Now let me get back to him if you don't mind. Yo, sure. Okay, go ahead. All right, I have returned. Well, I also read that regardless of how controversial you are, there, there seems to be no problem getting big-time TV and movie stars to come on your show. Can, can you toss out a few names of guests that have or will appear on your program? Oh, yes. Well, Dark Air with Terry Carnation. Um, it's a radio show as well as a podcast. Downloadable where all podcasts are downloadable. Uh, features such uh, luminaries as Sam Neill, mm. um, Nathan... Fillion, Thomas Lennon, some ah, great comedians and other yeah. talent, Karen mm. Sony, Jason Reitman and Kevin Smith, the great directors. Uh. Uh, so much. We're chock-a-block with talent. Dang, I guess. Well, you know, we have a resident psychic, uh, Ted Morrow, on our program. He, he, he talks to those on the other side all the time, you know, like Albert Einstein, Joan of Arc, and of course Hitler. Uh, but anyway, ha have you had conversations with any famous dead people on Dark Air? Because, I mean, your show's on really late, and I can't listen to every episode. Good thing it's out on podcast now. Uh, yes, well, thanks for asking. We have a woman, we have a time traveler named Marguerite who calls in from various points in time. That's always interesting. You never know where she's going to be. I mean, it could be riding by the side of Genghis Khan or oh. in ancient Rome near a gladiator's arena. And I'm always asking her, Marguerite, how, how is this possible? How are you, how are you calling in from various epochs in history? I mean, and she says, duh, Harry, I brought my cell phone. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, okay. Well, Terry, you, you know, you're kind of the preeminent expert on, on stuff most regular media people would say is not, like, scientifically verifiable. I wanted to run this by you. Um, you know, we're discussing shapeshifters on our show, and you'd be the go-to guy on that mm -hmm. topic. So are, are they all around us, as our intern Chance says? Because I'd like to know for a variety of reasons. Oh, tell me more about this intern of yours, Champ, and his connection to the shapeshifters. Well, he seems to think uh, from his very early days in like in like elementary school that he he just he just sensed that they were all around him, and, and, and you know not just teachers but fellow classmates and 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 you know they, they were they were the the people were somewhat uh, interchangeable. I mean, they, one day you know like one school year he said. And it's just such a weird story. I just wondered, do you know anything about shapeshifters? All I know is that things are not what they seem, and the people around us may not, in fact, be people. Huh. Now, this might send the, the paranoid into kind of paroxysms of, of paranoia, but 
it's true. Now, whether they're androids, whether they're uh, demonic possession, whether they're duck people, half man, half duck, Ooh, duck people. like uh, Donald. Yeah. Um, there are shapeshifters among us. Dang. Okay. Well, I'm sure he's going to be happy to hear that. Well, let me ask you this. Do you travel with security? Because I read Alex Jones hires a crew of college kids to go everywhere with him. He just, you know, Mitchellers doesn't want to take any chances. He doesn't pay him, I guess. I read in cash. He has like a trade out deal. Gives him like vitamins, free vitamins or something. Do you go out alone? Um. Well, Spud, uh, I I I handle myself. I take care of myself, um, and uh, I don't need a bodyguard. And besides, I couldn't afford one. But I'm very intrigued by this idea of of having college interns work security yeah. for you. That's an excellent, excellent idea. I'm taking a note on that right now. And if there happen to be any any college students, especially community college students, yes. who tend to be a little beefier, yes, um, listening, then please contact me. You can reach me at terrycarnation.com. Huh. You know, that's how we got our intern chance, you know, for community college. Uh, he's uh, It's not like his fourth year with us right now, but he's doing a hell of a job. I got to tell you, you can't beat the deal. I mean, just, you know, you give him some, I don't know, throw out some pretzels or whatever, and he's good. So, yeah, just, just for future reference. All right. Okay. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me hit you with my big one. This is my kind of my required talk show host question. It's in my contract. Um, Terry Carnation, what has been your most memorable moment uh, on Earth uh, to this point in your case? The big picture. Well, big picture, yes. quite frankly, I'm going to go with the Spud Goodman show mm. because this has been a scintillating eight minutes of conversation. And um, I don't know yet. who you are or why you're doing such local terrestrial radio, but you need to go coast to coast yeah. immediately. You're the next Howard Stern. You're the next Casey Kasem. Ooh. I, th I think that's a compliment. Um, well, yeah. Well, th thank you for that. Um, uh, before we before we go, though, I, 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 do you think we both should say a little prayer for Art Bell tonight, uh, wherever he is? Just, just I thought I'd throw that out, but you know, um, we, I think I think many of us owe him. Well, many people think that Art Bell has passed away, but uh, uh, I don't. I do not believe that to be the case. I, w I would not be saying a prayer for someone who is alive. I'm sorry. Well, actually, that's probably a fine point. Yes. I don't know who this Art Bell is, but you are very alive, and I pray for you each night before I go to bed. You are on my list of those I hope will one day see the light. I think tonight I'm going to add Terry or or Rain to my list, as it might uh, be of help to him. Uh, I, I think he's good, okay? Jeez, there's no need to add him to your list. In fact, you can take me off of it, too. Uh, there are way more deserving people in the world right now. Uh, maybe slide in Matt Gates in my slot, okay? No. Now, let me finish this freaking interview. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. All right, well, uh, let me say again that Dark Air with Terry Carnation is now available on podcast. Uh, and if you, people want to know where it's at, just Google it and, and then subscribe, man. Uh, I have to say, I've interviewed a few people. I've been around a long time. I'm old. Uh, but this has been a thrill. I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's, it is. It, it, I'm thrilled. Okay, I am thrilled. So just thank you so much for coming on our show. I appreciate that, Spot. It has been a thrill for me as well. All right, there you have it, Mr. Terry Carnation.
still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. He had no money. He had no sense in his brain. He was Spud Goodman. But that didn't get in his way He was a blind receiver On the wall of shame And all the people joined in Cause they like how he swayed He just swayed like this That's Spud Goodman That's Goodman Spud Goodman Spud Goodman Spud Goodman Spud Goodman Spud Goodman Spud Goodman We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement On the Spud Goodman Radio Show if we could return to the subject matter we were discussing previously, uh, Chance, I can't tell you how upsetting it was to know your connection to witchcraft and, and the works of Satan. Uh, really, very upsetting. He didn't say he was a witch or anything. He just said he knows there are shapeshifters. You know, I, I googled them during that song, and here, here's what I got. It, it is the ability to physically transform through an inherently superhuman ability. Uh, div divine intervention, demonic manipulation, sorcery spells, or having inherited the ability. Yeah, the idea of shape-shifting is the oldest form of, I think they said totemism and shamanism. Yeah, exactly. So, Chance, do you want to pray now to free you from this, this sorcery? Uh, or maybe off the air later, or maybe a text prayer if uh, Spud plays another song in a few minutes. What are you people? On dope? Nah, I'll pass. Oh, good call, babe. Good call, yo. So, Chance, do you someday want to learn how to be a shapeshifter yourself? I mean, it, it would be kind of cool to become like a goat or, or, or a Siamese cat at the drop of a hat. Y no. No, nothing good will come of anyone gaining this. I don't know what you call it, um, skill. Listen, if God had meant us to be a goat or a cat, he would have made us a goat or a cat. Now, I know for a fact that the devil, with his propensity for evil doing, would like nothing more than to have shapeshifters everywhere, all the better for demonic domination. If I suddenly turned into a cat, I don't think I would immediately try to dominate anyone. I'd probably just curl up on a pillow and sleep for a few hours. Yes! Well, you do love to sleep, Chance. You need your 10 hours of sleep a day or you do become a bit grumpy. You know, Chance, in a few decades, those 10 hours a night will be gone, totally. As you're going to be getting up way too many times a night to pee, and you're going to be lucky to get, let's just say, three or four good hours in. Chance, please don't renounce your human form. We are all God's creatures, but now you are at the top of the pyramid. Becoming any animal is such a, a step down, you know? What do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth. Shapeshifters do not only turn into animals. As I said before, they also turn into other humans or who appear to be human. I know there's a guy in my neighborhood, kind of near my parents' house. I don't know his name or anything, but I swear he's able to be in two places at the same time. Like 
One day I saw him walking his dog past her house in one direction, and like 15 seconds later I saw him jogging by in the other direction with totally different clothes on. He was like in two dimensions at once, you know. It really creeped me out. Well, evil powers can be mind-boggling for sure. But I bet if you confronted that man, he would shrink in fear and, and probably disappear like that witch in The Wizard of Oz. Did you ever approach him about your suspicions? Uh, no. I didn't want to be rude or anything. It's a free country. It's not illegal to be a shapeshifter. Just fool me once. Shame on... Shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. He has a point. I, I don't believe there's any law about this. Uh, Gerald, what? What would what, what you want him to do? Like, make a citizen's arrest uh, on the guy or, or, whatever, or whatever he is? Well, for the sake of humanity, yes. You know, he or, or you, Chance, need to step up and tell that, that um, shapeshifter to turn himself into the authorities. Uh, having it or, or, or having him running loose in the community, it's just too dangerous. Stop being weak! Sweetie, you've never mentioned this individual from your neighborhood to me before. Have you given any thought to the possibility he might have a twin brother? I believe the odds of having a twin are around 1 in 250 kids for parents, so it's not impossible. You really need to check that out before confronting him or or them. Yes! I never thought about a twin brother. They look so much alike, that might explain it. Dorothy, you're such a wise woman. I am really looking forward to spending the rest of my life with you. I'll learn so much. All right, all right. Oh. No, need, no need to get mushy here, okay? Uh, Spud, your next guest, Michael Cudlitz, is ready to go. Now, I remember Michael. He was on the show before, right? Uh, yeah, Michael was on the show last year. He, he has a new show now. Uh, it's Clarice on uh, CBS. Oh, boy, anything about Silence of the Lambs, count me in. Sure, the gory deaths are a bit of a downer, but it's always so suspenseful. You never know how many people are going to get murdered before they catch the serial killer. You know, I've never understood the appeal of stories about serial killers. What's wrong with more shows about doctors or lawyers? Those are all American professions. Don't you think there might be just a tad too many of those? I mean, they have run out of illnesses and sexy crimes. They're just recycling stuff these days. Well... Maybe so, but I still enjoy a show about, say, a doctor who falls in love with a pretty nurse at their hospital, or a lawyer who wins a big case against some bad person. It, you know, it's called entertainment, Spud. Uh, just put Michael through, please. Here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor, director, Michael Cudlitz. Uh, hey, we appreciate you checking in with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're now co-starring in the CBS series Clarice, uh, airing Thursday nights at 10, 9 central. It's based on the best-selling novel, The Silence of the Lambs, by Thomas Harris. Everybody knows that. Uh, not exactly light and fluffy material for network TV. Is it a challenge to keep it somewhat cheery on the set? <laughs> uh, no, I think this is exactly what they were looking for. Uh, this is what the, our creators 
sold to the network and the network was very much into it and were basically uh, we were given permission to do the show that we wanted to do um, it's a it is absolutely not light and fluffy no uh, but it is absolutely intelligent and it is absolutely you know showing the world what this amazing young strong woman is capable of uh, it's a story that's been you know waiting to be told uh, we've certainly heard about all the other characters in this world uh, for a long time and there's right. been many movies and series done about all the other characters and it's time for her light to shine huh. all right super well you know, Michael, on your on your Twitter page, you describe yourself as an analog man in a very public digital world. Is that route much less demanding day to day, or or is it a real hassle to sidestep the onslaught of technological progress? I I don't know. <laughs> I wrestle with it. Um, I, I I simultaneously love and hate uh, uh, the twenty four hour news cycles and the social media and the constant bombardment of information that. That is, you know, sometimes created just so there is information to put out there. Um, you know, there was something, something kind of wonderful about the news when when you would just get the news, you know, and there was there was a reason there was the news was on for you know a half hour or an hour a day because that's all the news that there was, and honestly, that's that's all the news that there still is. Yet somehow it all gets blown into 24 hours and. The way you do that is you, you 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 choose a side and you blow it up whatever side you're on way out of proportion as to what's happening and uh, that's how you create content and yeah. uh, you know I, I, I think we've we've if for as much as we've gained for the access that we have to everything I think we we've, we've, we've lost a lot because we don't we don't have as much access as we really think we do because uh, most of the stuff floating around out there isn't actually what's happening. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Uh, Spud? Yes? Well, I think I'm an analog man, too, just like Michael. I mean, I only listen to the AM side of the radio. Uh, even with Rush now being gone, may he rest in peace, I'm still picking yeah. with the home of real radio without that rap. And, and I also am sticking with my cassette tapes rather than listening to those MP whatevers. And though my wife Please. and I do have a Facebook page together, we refuse to sign up for that uh, Tiki Talk site. Yeah, why do all these new places pop up to mess with the way things used to be? I mean, it's changing uh, see, hey, so uh, much. Hey, uh, Michael, I need a, a brief moment here. I'll be right back. No one asked you about your position on this topic. And I hope one day soon, you're going to get all those cassette tapes of yours transferred to the cloud or, or at least an external hard drives as tapes deteriorate over the years badly. Uh, I'm surprised you still don't have 8-tracks, though. Well, I got rid of all my 8-track tapes in, like, 1978. And I made the move to cassettes. But Gerald... I then moved on to CDs in the 90s, and now I stream everything. You're not just an analog man. You are a mono-sound, cursive-riding hula-hoop owner. I will admit to owning a hula-hoop. So what? Uh, just let me return to Michael. Okay, man, I'm back. I'm good. 
Well, you know, you directed three episodes of, of The Walking Dead, and I, I ran this by Coleman Domingo uh, from Fear of the Walking Dead uh, as he directed an episode or two of his show. Did, did the walkers complain much when you asked for just one more take? Because uh, it's hot in Georgia, even with, you know, even without those layers of makeup on. No, nobody complains. They're they're amazing, and they know that if we need if we if, if I'm asking for one more, we need one more. That'll help us get out of there quicker. So everybody's everybody's very responsive, and nobody works harder than those walkers underneath all that latex in that amazing Georgia heat and humidity. Yeah, he he was saying they're, they're all, a lot of them are very athletic. I mean, because they're they, you know they're doing some. Uh, well, in the in the costumes that they have and stuff, they're having they're being asked to do some amazing, uh, let's just say, movements or whatever. I don't know how you would describe it as. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and a lot of them, uh, you know, the ones that you see up close, a lot of those uh, are stunt people. Okay. All right. All right. Um, well, you know, when when you were on our show previously, we discussed uh, your early background in the art department uh, part of production. Uh, you you were the construction coordinator for the Fox series Beverly Hills 90210. Yet you were also a cast member for eleven episodes. Um, you can act and direct and also build the freaking sets. And I don't I, I don't think I I really dealt with this one. I gotta ask you this though: Are you the only construction coordinator in Hollywood history to also be in front of the camera on the same show? Oh, I, uh, probably. Yeah, you are, I, I bet. I that as a guess, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, probably. Huh. Uh. I, I used, uh, my dad taught me construction and furniture building, and I used that to pay my way through school. Um, and then when I got out of school, that would seem the, like, the next logical job for me to have, uh, you know, as my, as my day gig while I was trying to figure everything out as an actor. So, but yeah, probably. I would think you would have insight uh, that maybe other stars in television productions and films uh, wouldn't have in terms of how you relate and, and deal with with crew. Uh, you know, I, I don't. That just I'll be my guess. Yep, I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent. And that's not to say I'm the only one who knows how to, you know, to to, to handle and deal with crew. Um, or to understand what they're going through, but I think I do have a unique understanding of production uh, and construction and those things because I've, I've done that for so many years. Uh, so when I'm directing, a lot of that comes into play because when I when I'm asking for something, I know what I'm asking for. Right. Um, like I literally know what I'm asking for, as opposed to you know, hey, can we you know block all that out with a wall or something? Um, I, I know what it takes to do that stuff, so I will sometimes. If we need to block something off, we will, and sometimes I will uh, choose a different way to do it because uh, sometimes people don't put a lot of thought into their decisions. They just want something their way, and if you take a moment and you, you think about something, you can save resources, time, money, uh, effort, uh, and you know, and, and find a better solution. Right. So I, I, I find it valuable, and I think the crew does as well. All right. Well, you've been a voice actor in many Call of Duty video game releases. Do you ever play that game yourself and get weirded out when you hear yourself? I mean, that would mess you up playing, I would think. I don't, I, don't, uh, I can't play video games. I get really stressed out playing video games. Um, but my kids, uh, when they realized that I was um, <laughs> one of the main voices in the Call of Duty, the yeah. early ones, yeah. uh, that uh, they realized that that 
that's why the game seems so familiar because you know they heard me running around yelling inside the game. That would be freaky. I got to say, if I was my dad, anyway, all right. Okay, well, I, I know you got to go. So let me say again, you are you currently co-star in the CBS series Clarice. It airs Thursday nights at 10, 9 central. Thanks very much for coming back on our show. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Mr. Michael Cudlitz. So, all right, I need to play some music. Uh, this tune is by a band that has appeared on our show, you know, a few times. They're very witty in their lyrics, as you will hear, and while also rocking out when appropriate. Here is Warning Danger. Warning Danger. With a song off their 2013 release, Keep Out. This is Clowns. Clowns, they freak me out! Circus clowns, rodeo clowns, hamburger clowns, birthday clowns, killer clowns in hospital gowns, clowns, they freak me out. Red nose, squirt rose, bozos, long toes, decompose. Clowns, they freak me out. Old men in face paint, little kids, they try to rape. Gee, ain't this party great? Clowns, they freak me out. Except the funhouse clown, with that clown went down. Stands above the town and watches the world go round. Punk rock kids and everything they did. Stood there nice and proud till the condos tore him down. I miss that clown, they can't keep him down Spike will come back around, but clowns, they freak me out Suit and tie, wearing clowns, we need more condos around Let's tear it all down Condos freak me out, I don't care what's around Here's the deed to this crowd I'll build a giant compound, condos freak me out Look what they did to downtown, they're giving us a reach around Those real estate clowns, clowns, they freak me out You other clowns, we think are a-okay Marseille, Marseille, Red Skelton, the clowns in the sea parade. They must be alright when they give away free candy. Acting like a cartoon, scary goons with balloons. Is tonight a full moon? Clowns, they freak me out. Mini cars, giant cigars, drinks at the bar. How'd you get that weird scar? Clowns, they freak me out. Chargaloos and Chargolettes running around with hatchets. Oh my goodness, where's their parents? Clowns, they freak me out. Don't wanna go to sleep, clowns they'll try to eat me when I fall asleep, clowns they freak me out, 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 clowns they freak me out. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Looks just like the real thing. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Doc Severinsen, is good to go. Now, this is pretty cool that we have him on our show. He is a legend. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, I believe he's 93 right now and, and still doing what he does so well. I am thrilled to be able to speak with him. Uh, I mean, I spent five nights a week for, for many years watching him you know, on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh, besides being really funny, uh, he was one of the best trumpet players of all time. Hey, did you miss not having a band when you did your cable TV show? Uh, you know, maybe that was the reason it wasn't very popular. A band is kind of a must-have for any successful talk show. Uh, it's all fake news. Yeah, well, we didn't have the budget for a band on my cable TV show. I, I mean, uh, if, yeah. if we did, you know, they, they would have probably have eaten all the carrots and ranch dressing, you know, that was laid out in the studio before every show. The crew usually scarfed most of that up before I could even get a shot at it. So it, it was probably just as well.
Well, if we ever go back into the studio again and, and stop this remote broadcasting from our homes, I promise I won't touch any of the Cheez-Its or Triscuits the studio puts out before the show. I'll bring my own snacks. What's that chicken still doing out? Well, we'll make sure you tell Chance that, you know, too, because he always grabs multiple handfuls of the stuff. But anyway, just put Doc through. Right. So, here's Doc. Was that necessary? Well, whatever. Just just put put him through him. Please welcome the legendary band leader of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and, of course, one of the greatest, greatest trumpet players of all time, Mr. Doc Severinsen. We really appreciate you coming on our show. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure, and it's the closest I'm going to get to my hometown today. <laughs> yeah, you're an Oregon guy, right? I'm, I'm from mid, the mid-Columbia area, a little place it's it's turned out to be just a spot in the road really now uh but it the spirit is still there right. and it's a place called arlington and oh. you could still get a pretty good meal there or a howdy and all of that all right super well let me let me get into this you are currently being featured in a pbs american master special Never too late. The Doc Severinsen story. So uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. Uh, let me let me hit you with this. You know, I and billions of others grew up watching you on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Besides your distinct musical talents, you were also a trendsetter fashion-wise. You were quite bold in your fashion sense. So you know, I, let's just say you're one of the hippest guys on TV, and I think you influenced many others, including, of course, Paul Schaefer. Off the air, though, here's my question: Was it tough to pick out clothes to go to the grocery store or a Dodger game? Did you always feel you had to dress to the nines, or people would be disappointed? Um. Well, no, it it, re- it really wasn't. It it came to me naturally, from from the top of my head to my mid waist, but from the bottom down, I was a cowboy my whole life, and I am now, and I always will be. All right. Well, um, you know, I've heard something. This is a credo uh, that you have, uh, and it goes like this: When you learn something, you should pass it on. Did did someone do that? Uh, favor, or, or were you on your own uh, learning your craft? No, I was a, a mere looker-on. My dad was the one who saw me as being a musician and encouraged it and gave me my initial start. And then I, I met great people like uh, Tommy Dorsey. Yeah. You know, the great band leader, I was with his band for quite some time, and he he was one of my teachers. And um, other bands that I played with, a a band that uh, people nowadays might not remember at all, called Charlie Barnett. And he had one of the first mixed race bands Mm -hmm. in all of show business. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to have, a, a, let's call it a, a lesson in life every day, because there were just as many days that I lived on the other side of the road as, as well, you know, uh, I, I've been the subject of 
some really harsh racial treatment from people who assumed that uh, I was something different than what I was. They, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Um. Well, I could interpret that in two ways. I'd really like to know how how that was. So could you could you further define? Well, that? I'll explain it to you. I was with Charlie Barnett's band, and we were playing in Washington D.C. And in order, I I lived in in the black section of town with black friends of mine, and. Uh, um, I went downtown to the White Park to get the bus, our band bus. We were going on on a tour, and I, I went in with the guys to this uh, coffee shop. We thought, let's get a cup of coffee while we're at it, and we went in, and they they invited us to leave in no uncertain terms right. and using all the words that we've come to to understand are just not good. And I walked back out and I looked and I said, well, I'm still, I'm still on Washington, D.C., but I don't believe what just happened. I mean, it, it really hurt. Right, and I've been thrown out out of a lot of places and asked to leave nicely in others uh, over a period of quite quite a few years, and um, I, I've counted as one of the most important parts of my life. Yes, because when I read about racial situations or see it on television, I don't have to wonder what that's like. I know. You experienced it. And uh, <laughs> it's something we still need to work on. Heck yeah. Um, we're so far from where we need to be. Um, I'm totally, yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, any, well, any, I'll any tell other? you, we're, we're, we've improved a lot. But if you get your rear end kicked out of a place because it happens to be the wrong color, uh, you would you would have a little problem agreeing with that. Yeah, I no, I I believe we have a long. I know ago. exactly how it feels. Yes, it. Uh, it. I tell you what, it is more than anything. At first, you're you're very angry, and then it's terribly sad. It's just terribly sad. Yes. Well, Doc, I know you got to scoot, but let me ask you my last question, all right? Um, if there are many times where you sat in as Johnny's announcer and sidekick, you know, when Ed was away and Tommy Newsom, a band member, would fill in for you. On this show, we, we were talking earlier about Wally Pipp of the Yankees sitting out a game and losing his job to Lou Gehrig. It's something I never forget in my career. Uh, on those occasions, did you ever have to look over your shoulder at Tommy and worry if he was doing too good a job? Because I know I would, but... No, <clears throat> I, I'll tell you one thing, I knew he was doing a good job, but because I was the one that, that uh, kind of picked Tommy out. Um, I, I had to go away on a, on a, on a trip to, to do some concerts, and I had to find a replacement. So 
Michael and the producer says, well, who'd you have in mind? I said, Tommy, Tommy Newsom. Yeah. And he said, are you kidding? No way. And I said, well, if, 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 uh, Tommy's not good enough, then I guess I'm not either. So, uh, and, and then saner heads prevailed. And, uh, he was, Tommy was everything that I knew he was. I knew it, and I knew it for a long time. We, you know, our lives didn't start with the Tonight Show. It, it, that, that's when it began to get very, very interesting, but, um, uh, anyhow, I'm, I'm glad I stuck to my guns and, yeah, and, yeah. uh, I, I'm not taking any personal credit for it. I, I just didn't see another way of handling it. Well, I didn't know the man, but he just seemed like a wonderful person, but, okay, I, I had to ask you that one. Uh, Spud. Yes? I like to think I, too, am a wonderful person, and I sure wish you would adopt Doc's perspective of not being threatened by co-workers who also have dreams of career advancement. I, I mean, I want to be... Uh, hey, hey, Doc, I, I need a moment here. I'll, I'll be right back. Well, first of all, you are no Tommy Newsom, okay? Well, I may not have known Mr. Newsom personally, but I watched him fill in, you know, on Tonight Show for many years when Doc was on the couch with Johnny. You know, he was a team player. He did not appear to be like an overly ambitious shark that, that would bite off the leg of someone to get his own toe in the door job-wise. You know, I always have to watch my back and look out for foul play with you. Uh, I know... I'm just a broken leg away from you being picked, you know, as an emergency fill-in host. Well, Spud, I am no Tanya Harding. Uh, yes, I have career ambitions. What co-host doesn't? But I would never, never hurt you physically to advance my own career. Jeez, I'm just not that kind of person. Ah, uh, the jury is still out on that one, and, and I'm not going to take any chances. Just keep it down and let me say goodbye to Doc. I know you got a scoot, so let me remind everyone again that you are currently being featured in a PBS American Masters special, Never Too Late, The Doc Severinsen Story. Um, it's now available for viewing. We just want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Well, let me tell you, it is my pleasure... Wow, that meant something to me. Thank you so much, Mr. Doc Severinsen. Hey, friends, each year the American drug industry spends over $1 million in research and development, and the benefits are made available to you and your physicians through your friendly professional drugstore. So get to know your druggist. Trade with him. He serves your family well. My, how time flies. You know, the more I think about this uh, shapeshifter plague that evidently we're now battling, we as a show should take a stand in hopes of inspiring others to stand their ground and confront these evil spirits. That's ridiculous. Why would you take them as evil? I mean, that well, word gets tossed around way too much, you know, these days. 
if they're real, then why don't we all, you know, engage them in a discussion? You know, we always fear what we don't know is what I'm trying to say. If you had a conversation with a shapeshifter, you might feel more welcoming to them. Kind of like all those, you know, homophobic conservative politicians in years past that suddenly were not so homophobic when they found out that they had gay kids or relatives themselves. Who knows, Gerald? You yourself might have a shapeshifter in your family that you're, you know, not now aware of. And it only makes common sense. Don't be so judgmental. I I most certainly do not. All Holcomb family members are 100% human. Make no mistake about that. Oh, you would be surprised. If you did a complete DNA breakdown in your immediate family, Gerald, from what I read on the internet, you could uncover some very surprising information. Uh, I'm not afraid to know if any of my family members are actually shapeshifters. I have an uncle who, if he's not one of those, he has to be some kind of demonic creature. During my family gatherings, he often forgoes the restroom and just does his business in the corner of a room. My mom says he does that because he's an alcoholic, but I've seen him do it stone cold sober. We didn't have any booze in the house on one occasion as my dad cleaned out the liquor cabinet before he showed up. And I had to clean up his, uh, mess after they told him to go home. That is messed up, yo. Yeah. Um, uh, Spud, they're saying we have a caller who wants to join in on this discussion. Uh, do you want me to have Trevor put it through? Yeah, okay, I guess. Trevor, go ahead. Put it, put it through. Caller, uh, you're on the air? Uh, uh, right now? Uh, okay. Yeah, I just said you're on the air. Okay. I personally have come in contact with a shapeshifter. That intern chance is not crazy, so give him a break. I can verify these things are real. Uh, caller, uh, then I'm gonna have to ask you, do you have any proof about this? Like, like a hidden camera footage? You know, you know something like that, and, oh, well, actually, that, I think that might be a felony offense, uh, you know, w- without its permission, especially if it included nudity. So, I, I, you know, maybe you might want to take the fifth if you prefer. I, I don't want to get you in any trouble here. No, 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 no. I don't have any video, but I do have some proof. Detailed sketches I myself made after some incidents that made me suspicious. Uh, I, was a, uh, I was a pretty talented sketch artist when I was younger. I tried okay. to get an art scholarship, but it never happened. So I ended yeah. up studying horticulture in college. Okay. All right. Nice to know. Uh, but you drawing some sketches is it, just not real helpful. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, caller, were you possessed by that uh, thing? And if so, I can refer you to a certified professional in this area. He works for our church, and he can help you. Will you Who shut up, man? Listen. No, Gerald, thanks. That's not necessary. The one I came across was my first wife. I divorced her years ago. Well, uh, she was the one who filed and had me served, but I didn't contest it too much. Uh, I signed the paperwork after my attorney told me to just give in to everything she asked for because I'd still be better off. Uh... What makes you think your ex-wife was a shapeshifter? Come on. Uh, now, after I saw Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, you know the one where Zam Wessel attempts to take out Padme Amidala, and when Zam flees, Anakin pursues her and uh, discovers no. she's a shapeshifter. Uh, well, okay. that's when that's when everything about my ex finally made sense. She was often two different people. 
she All actually right. uh, seemed uh, to, to look different depending on her mood, like two separate hmm. people. She would go from being really nice to me, then really mean. It would go back okay. and forth, day to day. I just couldn't right. figure out what was going on. I thought she might be bipolar, but then I saw Attack of the Clones, and she was actually two different entities. Uh, I felt uh, really dumb not knowing this in the three years we were married. Well, you know, yeah. love is blind, you know? I love you! You know, before agreeing to the divorce, caller, you really should have exhausted all possibilities in keeping the family together. No, it was just the two of us. There were no kids. Really, the only thing we raised was a goldfish, and he only lasted a couple of months before he passed away. I think I fed him way too much. Uh, caller, can I ask if your ex-wife discussed with you why she filed the divorce? I would guess there were significant issues that prompted her to take this action. It's not cool to describe someone as a shapeshifter because maybe they were unhappy with your behavior as a husband. Did you have a job? Well, I had a few jobs in the three years we were married. Hey, 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 I didn't call in to discuss my marriages. Yeah, I've had a little tough luck on my love life, but that's not related to what I'm saying here. Shapeshifters are very real. Do some research on the internet. There are so many things among us that are not totally human. From lizard people to my ex-wife, they are out there. I thought Europe was a country. I think the more I listen to this dude, the more I realize that I may have been mistaken about this whole deal. I mean, that kid in fourth grade probably did just hit a really big growth spurt over the summer. And the guy in my neighborhood may have actually had a twin. I might have been mistaken. Live and learn. And this dumbass caller really needs to get the hook. Oh, no. Oh, I totally agree. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, caller, caller, before they hang up on you, if you want help, just email me here at the show. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hang up on you now, caller, but but take my advice here. It's never smart to call your exes uh, demonic creatures. In the future, if I were you, I would just try to be a better husband. It's way cheaper in the long run. Trust me. Let's have a toast for the Okay, uh, someone get, get rid of him, please. Uh, he was just a misguided soul, Spud. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I have to wrap the episode now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. Bye-bye. God bless and ciao. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Spud Goodman.